What is Shaken Fire Nation? JLD here with an unedited, unfiltered bonus income report for August 2019. Now, the reason why this is unedited, the reason why this is unfiltered, the reason why this is a bonus episode is because Kate and I are currently sitting on our VRBO deck in Fiji right now where we are spending a couple weeks before we take off for Latvia, then Poland, then France. We are on part of our three-month annual trek around the globe. So we're in total vacation mode. We're kicking back right now. You're probably going to hear some birds in the background. I'll have Kate include a picture of exactly what our recording studio looks like um, in the income report for sure. I'm seeing a lot of greenery, a lot of leaves, a lot of trees, a lot of birds, a lot of ocean, a lot of blue skies, a lot of clouds. Yes, this is just classic and traditional Fiji right now. So we are absolutely loving every part of it as a bird just swoops out of nowhere and almost takes out my eye. Just kidding. Wasn't that close. But anyways, the income report for August of 2019 Our gross income was $156,000. Our total expenses for August were $36,000 for a total net profit of $119,857. The difference between August and July was a $33,579 differential in the wrong direction. So, uh, hey, we were pretty much going into vacation mode. That's, That's what I'll give as an excuse there. Actually, we... We were in vacation mode because August 4th is when I started my vacation. Um, So the percentage of net profit, though, was 77%. So we still kept that very high, not quite as high as last month, which I believe was 91%. But our net profit to overall gross revenue at 77% is enough to make any business owner smile. Now, today we're going to be talking about some really cool things. Again, we're going to keep this light. We're going to keep this quick. We're going to keep this fresh because it's just a bonus episode. We're not making this into a full Entrepreneurs on Fire episode with the intro and sponsors and all that jazz because we're recording this on the go. We're recording this as part of our vacation, and we're just going to have some fun here today. So we're going to talk about podcast movement, the conference that we attended, about our trip to Toronto. We'll talk about some upcoming travels that we've had. We'll talk about our travels thus far um, over the past month or so. But overall, we're just going to be having a good time sharing what worked, what didn't in August, as well as what revenue we generated and why, and any mistakes we made um, along the way. As always, we do have our CPA on fire, Josh Bowerly on the mic and he is going to drop a monthly tax tip on W-9 requests for contractors. So we're going to say hi to Josh. He's going to drop some value bombs, and then we'll come back on and share some great stuff for the rest of the monthly income reports for August 2019. So Josh, take it away. John, as you know, we've talked a lot about 1099s on these income reports. Uh, we've gone over who you do and don't send them to. We've went over how to go about sending them, when you need to send them, and much, much more. I feel like we've touched on 1099s endlessly, right? They're, they're a big part of any entrepreneur. Anytime you have a contractor, basically someone you're paying that's not an actual employee, 1099s become an equation in that. 
But one thing I don't think we've ever touched on, at least not much, is what you can do from the very beginning of the relationship with a contractor to ensure that you do follow these 1099 steps correctly. And this is very important, right? Because if you don't follow the 1099s correctly, if you're supposed to send someone a 1099 and you don't, you can get fined for that. If you're not supposed to send someone a 1099 and you do, they could get upset with you because it could screw up their taxes, right? So this is an important thing. And what we're gonna do today is go over exactly that. We're gonna talk about how to figure out if you need to send them a 1099 and what information to get to them right from the very beginning. All right, so as we've discussed before, there are very clear rules on who you do and do not need to send a 1099 to at the end of the year. Uh, for example, they need to be a US citizen or a resident. They need to have been paid at least $600 during the year. They need to be an individual and not a corporation and they need to have been paid cash or check directly, so not through a third-party source like PayPal or a credit card, right? And the mistake that most businesses make is that they wait until it's time to actually send out those 1099s to figure out who they need to send them to and what information they need from them, right? So they'll get to January, the 1099s are due at the end of January, and they'll say, okay, now I need to figure out who I need to send them to, and I need to get the information that my accountant needs to send out those 1099s. That you want to be taken care of ahead of time, and you can solve that problem with one simple step by sending out what they call a W-9 to all of your new contractors before they start working for you. And the W-9 is simply a form that tells you the name, address, and tax ID number of the contractor you're paying. All right, so it's essentially giving you everything you need to know to issue them a 1099 if one is necessary. And you can get a blank copy of a W-9 to send to these contractors at the IRS website. I link to a blank copy of a 1099 on the income report. Right, Very easy to get. But my recommendation is to require one of these be filled out by all of your new contractors before they start working for you, or at least until they get paid. Basically make that a requirement of their first paycheck. They have to send you back that filled out W-9, right? And th this is gonna help you in two ways. It's gonna protect you in two ways. First, if you do need to send them a 1099 at the end of the year, you have all of their information on hand when it's time to file them, right? You don't have to go harass them for their name, their address, their social security number, none of that. And I can't tell you how many times a client has to send out a 1099, we tell them we need that information, and they're no longer in touch with the contractor, that the relationship has ended, they can't get in touch with them, so now they can't send out a 1099 they need to send. Second of all, it protects you in the case when a person could be lying to you about needing a 1099, right? So for example, put it this way, people don't want 1099s because that ensures the IRS knows that they're supposed to pay taxes. Most people are honest, all right? They're gonna gladly accept that 1099, but some people don't like paying taxes and go to the extreme of trying to get out of it by telling you they don't need a 1099 when they do. So for example, they may tell you that they are a corporation, they, they file as an S corp, so they don't need a 1099, when it may not be true. And if you take their word for it and they're lying, the IRS can hold you responsible for that, right? But if you have them fill out this W-9 and they sign that W-9, you're now off the hook because you have it in writing them saying, hey, I'm an S corporation, no need to send me a 1099. If they're lying, now it's on them, you're off the hook. So it protects you in those two ways. You have their information and you're verifying that they told you this information. You didn't just make it up. All right, so again, I highly, highly recommend requiring all of your contractors to fill this out and return it to you before they actually start working for you, at least until that you pay them for the first time. And as a bonus, I'm gonna give you a simple script here. A lot of people say, hey, well, I don't wanna sound pushy, I don't know what to say to them. Here's a very simple script. 
Hi, John. We're so excited to begin working with you. In order to start paying you, we need to have a W-9 on file for all contractors. I've attached a blank one here for your convenience. Could you please fill this out and return it as soon as possible? Even if 1099 is not required for you at the end of the year, please fill this out anyway and return it so we have it on file for our records. If you have any questions, please let us know. Thanks. Quick, easy, simple as that. Send it out. Don't pay them until they send it back. And now all your bases are covered come tax time. So as always, Fire Nation can reach us, reach out to us directly uh, on our website, cpmfire.com. They can email me directly, josh at cpmfire.com. Happy to ask any, answer any questions and look forward to talking to you guys next month. Josh, thank you so much for rocking the mic. Much appreciated as always. I'm sorry that you're in Ohio and we're in Fiji, but hey, that is life. So we're going to now move into a little chat about Podcast Movement 2019 plus a little look back in time. Kate's created some amazing pictures, some amazing images you are going to want to check out, not only of what we're currently looking at and our current living situation here in Fiji, but some past pictures from travels in 2018, 17, and prior. It's just a little great compilation she put together here. But before I go ahead and spoil anything else, let me just pass the microphone over to Kate Lynn Erickson, who is sitting about one foot away from me, looking out over the Fijian tropics. Kate, what's going on? Now John can be a true mic hog because we're sharing <laughs> only one mic. <laughs> um, I'm basically here just keeping my eye out for any bugs so that I can swat them away. There are so many more bugs here than in Puerto Rico than what we're used to. And yesterday, I didn't even tell you this, but there was the biggest pincher bug on this. We're actually sitting on an outdoor bed right now. And I keep seeing these pincher bugs. So just keeping my eye out. Uh, make sure John can keep his eye out for those swooping birds, and I'll keep my eye out for insects. Um, but as John said, we are going to have some great fun today on this income report. You just heard that value bomb from Josh. And um, let's talk a little bit about podcast movement. This year marked the sixth annual podcast movement event and our sixth year attending. So much fun. Podcast Movement is a great event for podcasters, brings together some of the most like genuine and giving people I've ever met before. Um, and it's always so much fun because not only do John and I get to meet up with so many of our community members, many of you who are probably tuning into this income report, but it's also a gathering of just some really great friends that we've met in the online space and created really great relationships with over the years. So it's always, um, actually, so many times we described it and other people described it like uninitiated by us as a family reunion. That's kind of really what it feels like. So we had a great time at Podcast Movement. The event was hosted at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, which was an incredible resort. I'm very impressed by the property and the amenities that they had there. They had a great gym that we were able to use, a beautiful pool area, some great restaurants, kind of like this little row of restaurants, which was really nice because I'm sure you've experienced before. Sometimes when you attend conferences and you break for lunch, you're like, okay, I guess I'm not eating today because when you send 800 people on a lunch break together, it can be kind of difficult to find food. 
Um, wasn't the case at Rosen Shingle Creek because they had so many options. So that was really cool. Um, we kicked off the event the first night. Well, actually, well, yeah, I guess it was technically the first night because they do workshops the day before the conference kicks off. And that evening we hosted our Podcasters Paradise Meetup. It was a packed house. We uh, were able to host it at the hotel in one of the restaurant bar areas there. And we were kind of packed in like sardines a little bit. I mean, there were a lot of people there, but it was all great fun um, to be able to give a little thanks back to our Podcasters Paradise members for being so amazing and for helping us create such an incredible community. And, uh, and then Podcast Movement kicked off, really. I mean, we had... That and we had that followed by a dinner that we were able to have with a couple of our revenue crew mastermind members, um, along with some great friends from Puerto Rico. And uh, then we were kind of early to bed that night because both myself and John were speaking the next day. Um, and I have a full recap post that we've linked up in the income report. So if you want to check that out. The income reports at eofire.com forward slash income seven two. Yes, our 70, 72nd <laughs> income report. Um, and if you head over to that post, I've linked up our full podcast movement recap so that you can check that out where I talk about the different sessions that we attended um, and all that good stuff. But I did want to kind of go over a few highlights and takeaways from the event here so we can share those with you. These are just like very high level overview things. But again, if you want to check out details of like my presentation, John's presentation, Pat Flynn gave a great talk, Jordan Harbinger was rocking the stage, um, a lot of great stuff going on over that time. So you can check that out in the full recap post that we have linked up on the income report. Um, John, what do you think? Do you want to go through some of these highlights? Or do you want me to just keep rocking? Them keep up? rocking. All right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, some highlights and takeaways from the event. In-person events are a must for every entrepreneur. I really do believe that um, the connections that you can make and the people that you'll meet, the community that you'll form, um, I really highly recommend that you find at least one event that you can attend that makes sense for you and your business. So I don't just want this to be like a haphazard, like, oh, an event's happening and Kate and John think I should go, so I'm going to go. But like, Really, we so another post that we have linked up on the income report is our top conferences um, that we recommend for entrepreneurs. So head over, check out that list, uh, really sit down and take some time to see which one of those events might make sense for you and your business goals and commit to it, commit to attending it. Uh, I can guarantee you that whether it's a connection that you make, a relationship that you're able to take to the next level, um, a lesson that you learn, some type of takeaway, you will find one of the above, if not all of the above, by attending in-person events. Um, a couple more. And again, if you want to head over to the income report, I have a pretty uh, thorough list of highlights and takeaways. I'll just mention a couple of them here. Um, another one is to start building a community now. So when we were at Podcast Movement, as I mentioned earlier, it gives us an opportunity to not only meet up with so many of our Podcast Paradise members, um, but also to meet up with so many from Fire Nation. And that really reminded me of how important it is to build community. So whether you do that through a free Facebook group for your followers, um, whether it's through your podcast, maybe it's another medium that you've chosen to share your knowledge with an audience, but be sure you're leveraging your authority 
and create a platform for your followers to come together and not just be able to interact and engage with you, which is super important, but also with one another. You do have the credibility and authority as a leader in your space, as someone who's creating content, providing value to an audience, you have the ability to provide a platform for people to come together on. And this is what we all want. We all want connection. We want to know that others are on the same journey as we are. Um, we want to know that we're not alone on this journey. And to be able to be someone who creates a platform for people to come together on. Okay, so John, what else do you want to recap about Podcast Movement? So podcast movements, everything that Kate just said is so true. And I just want to put an exclamation point on, we need to really focus on not just living in this virtual world. It's so easy to live in where we just go on and look at feeds. We like somebody's posts. We make a comment. We do this. We do that. We're still humans. We still crave interaction. We still crave communication. We still crave in-person interactions so make sure that you're finding events that are local. Make sure you're finding events that make sense for you to travel to, to get out of your comfort zone, to experience these things in person. Myself and Kate now have been to Podcast Movement six years in a row. Uh, other conferences like PodFest, Social Media Marketing Worlds, Youpreneur Summit, Tropical Think Tank, all these great conferences. We are making extreme efforts to leave our great headquarters in Puerto Rico and travel to interact and engage with people in person. So that's what I really want to stress to people is it's always worth it. It's always going to be worth that live interaction. It's always going to be worth getting out of your comfort zone. It's always going to be worth just having a face-to-face -face conversation with people and seeing what is going to grow from there. So I feel like we really did a great job talking about conferences in general. We might be mentioning um, another conference or two that uh, Kate and I were involved with when we uh, left Orlando to go to Toronto. So I'll pass the mic back over to Kate, who's going to chat a little bit about us leaving Orlando, going to Toronto, a few things that we did while we were there, and then we'll move on to Fiji, and then we'll say bye-bye. So as John said, we left Podcast Movement in Orlando, headed for Toronto, and we spent two amazing weeks with our great friends, Jill and Josh Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5. And Toronto was, I mean, even though John attended Vegas, uh, went to Vegas, and then we met up in Orlando, and then we went to Toronto, I kind of see Toronto like leaving the United States as the start of our 90-day world tour this year not just a Europe tour, because as you know from listening into the other part of this income report, we are currently in Fiji. And this is the, our whole like fall time trip. We've kind of made it a tradition since moving to Puerto Rico that we would get off the island for hurricane season. So in 2017, our trip consisted of stops across New Zealand, Australia, and the UK. Um, and as John said earlier in the income report, I have some great images from our previous travels. If you want to check those out, eofire.com forward slash income 72. In 2018, we made 17 stops around Europe, including a 10 day cruise in the Mediterranean. Again, we have some great pics of those travels over on the income report. And in 2019, our trip is going to be made up of stops, including Toronto, which we've already been to, Fiji, which is where we are at right now as we record this income report. And then we will be headed to Europe. We're going to visit 
Riga, Latvia, Krakow, Poland. And in France, we have four different stops we're going to be making. We're going to be going to Paris, Annecy, Nice, and Bayeux. So we are very excited for this world tour that we're doing. If you happen to be in any of these locations and we can work out a little Fire Nation meetup, that would be pretty cool. So give us a shout out on Instagram um, via email. But um, I want to talk a little bit about what we did in Toronto thus far. So when we were in Toronto for two weeks, we really like spanned every possible day you could have. We had a couple of work days. We had a couple of total relaxation days. We had a couple of days where we were trekking the city and doing tours. We attended Stu McLaren's Tribe Live. Jill and Josh hosted their own one-day meetup, uh, Mastermind, where John and I were both speakers, along with Adrian Dorison and Elise uh, Dorm. Dorm. Ooh, sorry, Elise. I believe it's Dharma, Elise Dharma. <laughs> and um, we had such an amazing time there. Uh, so much great knowledge shared um, and so many amazing members at that mastermind. We also did a cottage trip. So we were up at the lake for a couple of days. Um, myself, Jill, Elise, Adrian, and Chelsea Wedmore all went to St. Anne's Spa together for a few days. That was really great. John and Josh held down the fort. Um, so our time in Toronto was just really incredible. I mean, it gave us really a initial chance to start our somewhat unplugging for our travels. Um, we were able to brainstorm some great business ideas with Jill and Josh and with you know a ton of other people that we met up with along the way. Um, and it really was the perfect start to our journey. John, what do you have to say about Toronto? My first time ever to Toronto, the top hat of America. I truly enjoyed the city. I think it's fantastic. I was very surprised to learn that it's either like the third or the fourth largest city in the United States slash Canada. When you combine the two countries, I think it's like New York City's number one, Chicago's number two, and I think GTA, like the greater Toronto area is like number three or four which to me was very shocking not knowing that going into it, but then I can definitely see why that's the case because it's a massive downtown, skyscrapers everywhere, so much building is happening there. It's absolutely mind-numbing. The amount of skyscrapers and condominiums that's happening, it's, it's crazy. You can definitely see that we are not leaving the urban environment anytime soon. You can definitely see there's a huge, massive influx of people moving into cities. Despite the fact you can live anywhere in the, in, anywhere in the world, you can go out into the Fijian tropics like we are now and run your business, it seems like people are still drawn to cities and it's really cool to see a lot of awesome, active stuff happening in Toronto. And Kate and I took a couple great walking tours throughout the city, which we really enjoyed. We went to visit Fort York, which is the initial... Um, sites where the British built a fort back in the 1600 time frame and Lake Ontario, which is a great lake, which Toronto was situated on is a beautiful, massive lake. There's some really cool uh, parks and forest areas in Toronto. So you still kind of have that feel of being in a big city, but being able to pretty quickly get into nature and enjoy that and relax. So Overall, I give Toronto two thumbs up for the warm months. I will not be caught dead in Toronto anytime in November through May because it is miserable and freezing there. 
um, and dark. Um, but during the warm summer months, Toronto is a great place to visit. And if nobody, and if you're listening and you haven't been there, I would say, hey, check it out. It's definitely worth a visit. A lot of cool things going on there. A lot of great restaurants, a lot of great walking tours available. And it's a very outdoors city during the warm months. So Toronto was great after that great experience and enjoying Stu McLaren's event and then Jill and Josh's one day events. Um, we took off for Fiji, which we left on August 29th um, because of the international dateline. We actually landed on August 31st, which was pretty crazy to be traveling for about 20 hours, about to essentially lose two days. Um, so we're not going to really cover any details of Fiji in this income report because obviously the vast majority of our time in Fiji is in the month of September. So we'll cover that in our September income report, which will come out in early October. Um, but just know that we are safely ensconced uh, on our 90-day global trek. We're really enjoying it. We're having a blast. And Kate, before I break into the August 2019 income, anything that you uh, want to add? No. All right. Then let's dive into August 2019's income breakdown. Um, for our product and service income, we generated $97,000. We ended up doing 432 journal sales for over $11,000 in the month of September. For the first time ever, I want to give a shout out to the podcast journal, which outsold the Freedom Journal for the first time ever. $5,188 for the podcast journal, $4,235 for the Freedom, and $2,053 for the Mastery. So they're all still selling great, but the podcast journal is really coming on strong. So huge congratulations to the podcast journal. Podcasters Paradise, we brought in 22, uh, 20 new members and a total recurring revenue of $18,000 for 24K in total revenue for the month. So that's going strong. Our sponsorship income at 61K. So that was a huge month for that. Our affiliate revenue was $58,000, highlighted by ClickFunnels at $19,000. Knowledge Business Blueprint by Tony Robbins. We got our next payout for $23,000. Um, our Create Awesome Online Course Affiliate Commission came in at $7,000 with DSG, Davis Seitman Garland, and ClosersOnFire.com. Just check it out, Fire Nation. If you're curious about why we generated $5,480 at that URL, you'll want to visit closersonfire.com. So our total gross income was 156K. Our expenses were 33K for our total net profit of $120,000. Just under that, 119,857. So now I'm going to pass it over to Kate for the biggest lesson learned, which is all about having an open mind. Fire Nation, have an open mind. All right, Fire Nation, my biggest lesson learned for August is have an open mind, as John said. <laughs> but uh, a little bit more about this. So throughout the month of August, I was continuously reminded of why having an open mind is so important. This is something that I have really, really worked on over the past, holy moly, seven years. John, it's almost our seven-year anniversary with uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And our eight and a half year anniversary as domestic partners. <laughs> um, but there are three main reasons why I feel having an open mind is so critical to your success. One, you don't know what you don't know. 
Two, you can't truly understand what you haven't experienced. And three, it's so fun to learn and be surprised. Like, do you ever think about that? Just take a step back and realize how cool it is to learn something new or to be surprised by something that somebody tells you or by an experience that you have or something that you learn. Um, so those three main reasons why I feel having an open mind is critical to your success. I really want you to let those set in as you consider whether or not you currently have an open mind and how you might be able to work towards that. Speaking from personal experience, I know that it's so easy to throw up walls. I know it's easy to stay inside of your comfort zone. And I know it can sometimes be way easier to find reasons why something won't work versus why it will. But there, but these are all reactions, keyword reactions, that can be flipped because having an open mind isn't about being reactive. It's about being proactive. It's about showing up. It's about being ready and excited to learn. And it's about inviting ideas and people and goals into your life by living as if you are already there. A book that I'm reading right now that is super focused on being present and that shares a lot of mindset advice around having an open mind is called Happy Pocket Full of Money. I heard this book from probably, I, I heard multiple people talk about this book while I was in Toronto and I was so excited to pick it up after the number of times that it came up in different uh, conversations. And I'm currently probably about 30% of the way through it right now. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It has really presented some ideas that I've never thought of before. Um, definitely having a very open mind as I continue going through it. And I would highly recommend it if you feel like this is an area that you might be able to work on. Um, one, those areas being like being present and two around having an open mind. So again, that's happy pocket full of money. I highly recommend picking it up. It is a really great read. And uh, I hope that you will take me up on that. Or if you've already read it, I would actually love to hear your thoughts on it, what you thought about the book. Um, you know, you can hit us up via email anytime or on Instagram, and hopefully you will be following both myself and John on Instagram because we've already shared some pretty cool Instagram stories. Like last night, we took part in kind of a evening ritual for Fijians is to have this tea called kava, and what they do is they mash up a root and then they soak that uh, the mashed up root in water and then they drink it as a tea. It's like a very relaxing experience and it's a very social experience. Um, we're very lucky to share that experience with our hosts, Lisa and Roy. And um, so definitely make sure you're following us on Instagram. Hit us up. Let me know what you thought of Happy Pocket Full of Money. Fire Nation, we are signing off from Fiji. We hope you are having an awesome week, weekend, day, month, and we will catch you on the flip side.